This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. Welcome to AFL Nation. Gary Rowan wins it after the siren with a dead eye shot. Where are you, buddy? There he is! <laughs> he juggles the mark at the front. Ball to Springer, the magic man. He's done it again. Jake Springer, the everywhere man. He says the chance to get through. Bontempelli! Simply the bot! Sends it to Gord. Well, did last night create a new world order in football? We will contemplate that shortly, but first our attention turns to Friday night football as the Sydney Swans and the Western Bulldogs meet for a second time this year as they both covet places in the finals. For the Western Bulldogs, well, they certainly need to win tonight if that ambition is to be realised. While the Sydney Swans at home, pretty much in the same boat, their form has been anything but consistent, but surely at the SCG they can overcome the Western Bulldogs. That's all ahead for us tonight as we continue round 17 on AFL Nation. Our Coats Hire commentary team, Dwayne Russell to join me for the call, along with Nick Davis at the SCG, all with thanks to uh, Coats. We're more than hire. We're equipped for anything. And, of course, Jared Healy, our expert who is with us each and every Friday night. Uh, Jared, great to have you with us as a, a Hall of Fame swan uh, to watch over your old team. And I'll be interested to see what swans turn up, I know. But uh, last night I was enamoured by the use of the word audit. Chris Scott used <laughs> it. Uh, he said that Simon Goodwin used it. Well, I want to use it as well. Okay. And you're the person that's getting audited. Are you a believer now? You've been a frustrated cat, uh, member of the Cats fan club for a long, long time. You've been there a fair bit. Quite clearly, they've done a lot right over summer and they're doing a lot right at the business end. Can you see a difference? I think I can, and I think I think most Geelong supporters, even those that doubted where they were heading, can see a can see a difference, and they can see the changes that have been made, both in style, but I think also in personnel and where yep. they've been deployed. If you do a list, and we'll do you know, this a little as we go a little later about the Cats of all that they've changed mm. in in terms of who and and where, particularly and how. It's it's a pretty significant list, and. Almost everything they've tried has worked. Now we're still seven weeks out, Jared, before yep. even the finals start. So there's a lot to play out. But it was a, it was a, a significant win last night by 28 points over the Demons. I'll turn it back on you and the Sydney Swans. Do you know where the Sydney Swans? What we've got here in the Sydney Swans? I think I do. I haven't been as bullish as others. I think there's been a lot of people pumping the Swans up well and truly ahead of time, and I think there was some reasons for that. They beat Richmond. Uh, they beat Melbourne. Um, 
But then they've lost to Port Adelaide and uh, they lost again last week to the Bombers. They don't play four quarters of footy. When they do, they are a very, very good side. But they're a good young side. Um, Buddy's not at his best. Buddy is about the 13th best rated key forward in the game. So our expectations of Buddy have to be tempered to a degree. We know he can turn it on still for three or four minutes. But the Swans are a deficient in, in contested ball, which is sort of uh, totally different to what they were famous for for a long time. They're a ball movement side. And when the ball movement gets disrupted, I think they find it a little bit difficult to to find plan B. And they're, they're searching for plan B. And I'm quite excited as a Swans, as a person who, who uh, loves seeing the Swans do well. I'm excited about the future. But I think if they play finals, they've done a good job. We'll talk about their opponents tonight, the Western Bulldogs, very shortly. Chris Grant is going to join us, the Bulldogs' head of football. David King had some really strong words to say about the Dogs, and uh, I'd like to play some of those uh, for you shortly and get your response on just where they are at. But first of all, we better welcome Dwayne Russell, who was by my side last night down at GMHBA Stadium. The Cats won by 28 points, as I mentioned, and, of course, he rules the radio airwaves in the afternoon, and there's been so much to talk about this week, and we are going to get his insights and revisit just some of these topics, the coaching landscape with the re-signings of, mm-hmm. of Brett Ratton and Stuart Jew. Where does that leave Alistair Clarkson? Everything that's going on at North Melbourne, trade news about Dustin Martin, Tim Taranto, Rory Lobb, Liam Jones meets with the Bombers and uh, a whole lot more to discuss. And we'll try and do all of that in our pre-match. Dwayne, welcome to you. Great to be with you, guys. Uh, yeah, look, a number of calls today. Only GMHBA Stadium, so it doesn't count as a win. Uh, only July, you don't win flags in July. It's been a fun day, I've got to say. And speaking of coats higher, we just, I just about needed to hire a coat last night. It was about four degrees <laughs> down there at the Cattery. But it was a fun game to... I like going down to the Cattery and having a little bit of country footy. Something different. I don't think we need cookie-cutter footy where everything's always the same. Yep. So it is a beautiful thing that they might meet again at the MCG on you know on one of the last days of September. So I'm looking forward to that. Absolutely, I am. Jared asked me the question. You talk, you, you get a lot of feedback from people you know, but also from the uh, the uh, social media and our direct forms of communication on the phone on your program. Do you think last night, more than anything, has changed the mind of some of those hardened Geelong fans who thought that Geelong had run their race at the end of last year? I still don't think Geelong can prove anything till September. Yep. Yeah, they've got Stengel. Yeah, they've got Atkins who's playing the best footy and one of the most underrated, but they still can't prove anything to anybody until September because you can win all the games now, and if they go out in straight sets, then yep. it's going to be, oh, what another chance that was blown to win a flag. But the beauty I've said all year, if I had a choice of Melbourne on the field, I'd take the field. Uh, the field's still looking pretty strong, I reckon, even though Melbourne's a, a really good team. Um, the field's looking pretty strong. It's just that Geelong's now probably the strongest of the field. Yeah, well, that's the way it seems at the moment. They are on top of the ladder, of course. All that can change and can change very quickly. Didn't they play a lot like Richmond last night? Just constantly moving the ball forward. I know they're defending well. Mm. I mean, they got ambushed by Melbourne. T- Ten inside 50s in the first few minutes, and yet they didn't score Melbourne. What about Chris a couple Scott, of goals, that's it. Chris Scott post-game questioning himself, yeah. almost admitting his own fault, saying, well, why would we move the ball slowly against Melbourne yes, you're right. and allow them to set up behind the ball and didn't just bomb it long to Lever and May? Well, that was what they used to do. He was at the helm when they did that. That was my thoughts when I heard him say that as well. I was actually talking about that same thing coming in. Why would you move the ball slowly if you've got Tom Hawkins in the forward line? Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, they've recruited uh, the bloke who's probably the best forward in the game right now, and yet he's playing as a midfield, and I think he's been coached magnificently because 
He's, his form over the last well, the whole year, really, yeah. has been incredible. Uh, Jeremy Cameron's been a ripper. And Stingle, to pick him up, to get any bets, I mean, it takes a lot of pieces to make a good puzzle, but the way it's worked out right now, they've really done a good job in doing whatever they've done to get Stingle to play this kind of footy. Myers is an interesting one. 20 possessions last night. Doesn't kick a lot of goals. But I'm not sure he's there to goal kick. I think he's there just to work. Yeah. He's there to get up the ground. I think that's what he's done more. Put the pressure on. Yeah. Uh, close is like that as well. In a way, he's never going to. He's not going to win you a Brownlow close. But he, the pressure wise, they are pretty good, aren't they? It is that I chase down tackle. That's one of the changes. Their their pressure yeah. in, in terms of their smalls, but also just around the footy. Like mm. as, as good as I've seen from Geelong, probably yeah. ever. Superb, absolutely superb. He plays a Neil Bullen role. And at the moment, you're talking about pressure. That's where Melbourne has fallen off. Now, they made, they've made excuses publicly for this. We asked Simon Gordon about it. It's, it's, um, he said sometimes it's about the way sides play. But they're rated the second worst side in the competition for pressure. I mean, there's something not quite premiership-like there at the present time. I have not jumped off in any way. I still think they're the best side in it. But, you know, six weeks to go, there's some actual improvement that needs to be done in a hurry, particularly forward to the centre. Yeah, we'll talk about the... Uh We'll talk about the uh, the Western Bull. Uh, uh, sorry about Melbourne in a moment and what last night means to them. But uh, on our way to speaking to the Brisbane Lions and Danny Daly, the head of footy, because more dramas up there. COVID mm, is really hit hard. The Lions and they play Essendon, who have their own injury worries. I want to play you David King's grab from uh, from Monday uh, about the Western Bulldogs. We were here watching the Bulldogs last Thursday night against the Brisbane Lions, and, and we know how they've fallen short. They've been a really difficult side to, to follow post their premiership in 2016 and then post the grand final last year. They do get some significant ins um, in terms of tonight with Tim English, Tim English in particular coming back into the team. But David King's assessment about where they are was probably stronger than, than most in terms of them being a little lost. Uh, and let's, First of all, let's hear the words from Kingy before we get you, you guys to comment. Their whole system is geared around these mids. So is it good for them individually or is it good for them as a team? I think right now you'd have to say it's good for them individually. They've won a lot of games of footy over the last few years, but we're talking about 2022. So I think there's, a, there's an off-season of change at the Dogs. They need to have a look at the whole mechanics of how they play. I'm not saying... No one's saying anything about coaching or anything like that. This is just, this is just a system that is broken. Broken, Kingy reckons. I mean, that's pretty strong. He's talked about how they don't really have the interceptors that, that other teams have, which I think was a, was a, yeah, fair enough. Was a good point. Well, I, I think what we see in footy is styles evolve. And the West Coast Eagles are a classic case. Their style was broken, but it took them to a premiership only, what was it, six years ago? Yeah. Um, Five, really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it wasn't yeah. even six years ago. And yet now they are, they are running and gunning and handballing through the middle of the ground and blokes flying off the half-back line. We saw it last week at the MCG against the Tigers. And, and you can almost not recognise them. Now, maybe that will also evolve with uh, the dogs. You know, their personnel guarantees you they're going to have a lot of hunters around the ball. They're going to flick it around, etc. But you can't play interceptors if you haven't got interceptors. And... You know, I think that they, they know as much as anybody, and I, you know, I'm a huge fan for their coach, what he did last year and what he did when he won the premiership. I mean, they, they are two of the greatest finals campaigns we've seen in recent times. So no one would be more aware of their deficiencies from him. And But in between those two, that's what makes it so hard to fathom them to some degree. Obviously, they reshaped the list half by design and half by circumstances in between following that premiership. Yeah. But... 
Yeah, I thought I've been waiting for them this year, and they've had some injuries, no doubt, and that's and that hurt them last week, didn't they? They didn't have an opponent for Charlie Cameron. I know Kingy's really keen on pushing Norton back just for a look. Yeah, and if you know a couple of their key forwards matured in a hurry, well, you could actually make that argument and, and have a you know strong argument. Then they're, they're not going to get there with him playing forward at the present time, so maybe they'll look at that over the the summer period. But you know, we need Eugle Hagen to come through or uh, Darcy to come through. Um, Otherwise, you're stuck with who's going to be the bloke you're kicking the ball to. I know they made the grand final last year, but are they? And they they obviously picked up Adam Trelaw. You know, they fell in their lap, but it was by mistake, yeah. if anything, that, that opportunity. But are are they? Is there too many midfielders? Does it does it prove the argument that you you know you you have all these great midfielders, but you've got to have somewhere to play them? Something Geelong actually went through themselves a couple of years ago. So sometimes Bevo or a great coach is able to make something that's different to everybody else actually be a positive for yeah. them and turn it into well, one-on-one making three. You get the chemistry going like Bevo did with that group. So, I mean, I, I would suggest that there's an ability to make that list a premiership winner like they nearly did last year by just getting the formula right. But it, I know what you're saying, too many midfielders. But, I mean, I still think they've got the nuts and bolts to be better than they are. I'm not sure... Where the argument starts and finishes. I mean, midfield is a, an overarching term. What sort of midfielders you're talking about? You're going to tell me in about half an hour's time that one of the great moves has been Atkins into the middle and a midfielder to go to the halfback flank. Yep. Um, Mitch Duncan. Yeah. Mitch Duncan. So, I mean, he's been one of the great uh, moves of the year to date. And we've seen Craig Bradley play 300 games on a wing for Carlton and then play another couple of hundred on the back flank. Yeah, and getting you know the handball from the Ruckman to but, be the setup guy. But have we, other than Caleb Daniel, who was a midfielder when he got there, and they've turned him into a into distributor, a player behind the ball, have we actually seen that with the Western Borders? Has he been able to? You know, Dunkley's gone forward at times and been able to be an effective forward, but obviously he doesn't want. He oh, could I think the, the intercept mark, the intercept possession thing, is a factor yeah. at halfback. That's definitely yeah. you definitely need one of those, and they have so, always but, but we had an seen, Eastern Wood kind of guy. Yeah, no, no doubt that was a good point, but we haven't seen any of that. Their midfielders haven't gone back to halfback, have they? Like Mitch Duncan? No, but I mean, we saw. Liber go there at the first part of the season, but he he just ended up playing so well in the middle when he had his time there that he's ended up staying there. The Bont's playing forward a fair bit of the time, and, and that's fine. I mean, the Bont, if he had been born 25 years ago, would have been a centre-half forward. Yeah. So, I mean, they're playing him a fair bit there. I mean, they, they, The core of their mids, though, are not the sort of mids that go to the half-back line. They're not, they're not the, you know, tallish intercepting type mids that uh, I think that yeah, they're grunt players. They get it and they give it and they move on to the next contest. So the balance of their list then, I, I guess Kingy says they need to rethink and, 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 you know, do some make some significant structural change. I mean, Tim English has been a big out for them and his development has been a really fascinating element yeah. of where they've got to get to. And obviously, I think what's also complicated is what's on the horizon for them, isn't it? With with Sam Darcy yeah, and you mentioned Hugo Hagen. They can see, they can almost touch what, what a, a premiership So is Sam Darcy going to be Luke Jackson for them? Is Sam Darcy in time? Going to be Luke Jackson well, we, for them. We, we, I mean, we hope so, but we don't know, do we? The no, but we bus might. also looks uh, a good kid. Yep. So they've got plenty of these tall, skinny, tall kids out there, but I mean, they're, they're probably another year or three away. Yeah, so, hopefully Jamara has a good finish to the season. So, I mean, he's, he's got those couple of years under his belt. I think the, they've tried to put games into him, and he could still be a factor. And they've still got guys that can get goals for them, even if Norton did go back. I mean, Waitman can kick goals. Yep. Hugo Hagen can kick goals. Bruce, you know, if he's fit, can kick goals. So they've got a few guys. They have, and given that, I mean, and, and 
that they may not be a contender now. They may just be too far away. But I guess we'll get a feel. For, well, next six or seven but weeks. Jared's we'll... right. Also with Sydney, I think Sydney don't play four quarters. So. You know, if you have your really good quarter or your good half against Sydney, then they could knock them over tonight oh, and easily. the whole world changes. Yeah, yeah. No, they easily could. Um, and if they do get a bit of a run on, you wouldn't necessarily want to be the team to play them in the finals either, would you? No, they're, they're a good outfit. <laughs> they've I mean, shown that before. We, we have seen them play some really good footy even this year, even though they've, uh, you know, they've run into some injury issues. They've uh, lost some games that they could have won. But this is a very gettable game up in Sydney. I mean, they, they, you know, with English back on the side, and I think English is graduated to become an A-grade ruckman now. He was he was almost going to be shipped away for a period of time and, you know, wasn't going to get a game in the ruck. But, um, gee, he, he's impressed me no end when he has played. It's unfortunate that he's he's missed out. But, I mean, the, they, the Swans wouldn't hold... Sorry, the, the Dogs wouldn't hold any fears with the Swans. They've, they've got uh, they've got their problems at this, at this stage. They're a ball movement side. If you interrupt the ball movement, you, you every chance to beat them. We're going to check in with both teams ahead of tonight's game coming up, but uh, we just wanted to head up north to Brisbane and because you've an extraordinary list of outs <coughs> for the Brisbane Lions. There's oh, another one. There's another one. Got the sound of it. As COVID has hit and uh, Danny Daly, the Brisbane Lions head of football, joins us. Uh, what, the, the outs almost look like a better team than the, than the 22 that are playing, Danny. Thanks for joining us. Good evening, men. Sorry, that was something going down my throat the wrong way. It's not COVID. I, was, I had a cough there. Yeah, look, uh, yeah, well, we hope. Um, yeah, look, not ideal, but uh, as you mentioned, we've uh, got some good players coming into the team, so, um, you know, we're pretty bullish about where we sit, and, uh, yeah, it's uh, been a crazy week for us all. So, Harris Andrews went down today. Jared Berry already injured. Uh, Kadeen Coleman with the, the protocols as well, and Daniel McStay. And then we had the injuries to last week to, to Rich and Zorko as well as prior. It's, it's a massive list. And I know we've had chaos for the last couple of years, but this season has been, uh, for most teams, obviously not for the Eagles and a few others at various stages, has been a lot more settled. So ha- how has it played out? Uh, when did you first get an indication that you're going to be facing something like this? Um, well, the first indication was when the cockroach went down last Friday. Uh, so he got it on Friday, but our first player that went down was Saturday morning. And every day since then, we've had, you know, one or two players, um, ringing in the morning to say that they've tested positive as well as staff. So I think our worst day was, I think we had six players away and nine staff. So 15 has been our, our worst day, but, um, they just seem to be trickling along every day. So, I've got to tell you, 6 a.m. in the morning when I turn my phone, I'm, I'm, I'm petrified as to what I'm going to find. But um, So we've still got two days left, so there might be more. Who knows? With so many outs, though, Danny, it was, I'm surprised you dropped Calamar Chu. <laughs> no, Calamar Chu's got COVID as well. Oh, OK. It's got omitted here on the yeah, AFL website. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, there's a, bit of a, there's a bit of a hiccup with that. I'm not sure what happened there because we rang the AFL and, and told him that he was out with the protocols as well. So yeah. I'm not sure... Well, I came through as being omitted. We're not in any position to omit anyone this week. <laughs> no, I was surprised. I thought he, he must have had the bug why he might have been Archie, but uh, we'll go with Archie anyway. <laughs> so so yeah. there is the realistic prospect, though, uh, Danny, that you could lose some more. Oh, well, the reality is when you've got so many going down every day and um, it's in the club that, um, and that we've had cases every day that you're sort of on tenderhooks about what the next day might look like. So, yeah, no doubt, like, you know, myself and... Fags and everyone else a little bit nervous about what tomorrow morning will bring and then Sunday morning. So, um, you know, we've got contingencies in place. But, again, you don't know if you do lose a player who you're losing, whether it's 
a forward, a back that's all or small. So uh, we're, we're hoping um, this may be the end of it, but, but you never know. Who knows? Danny, are you still doing daily rat tests? Uh, well, we are, and the AFL changed to um, two a week and then the game day protocols, which are the you know the day before and the day of. But uh, yeah. once we had a few cases on the weekend, we decided to go back to daily rapid testing, um, and our players will have to test tonight at 7.30, so hopefully we don't have anything come of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll get into test again tomorrow and then game morning. So, yeah, daily at the minute. And the, uh, the overall for... Daniel Rich and the captain? Uh, the captain this week, again, Fags only came back into the club today, so there's been a bit going on today, but he's uh, he's actually just rang me before and he's gone on for one of his two-hour walks, so he's going to have to think about okay. who the captain should be. So we've obviously got you know, Ryan Lester, uh, Hugh McCluggage, Lockie Neal and Link McCarthy, who are our four uh, leaders that uh, are available this week. Everyone else yep. is out, so... It'll come down to one of those four, and um, you know, Fags will have a chat with Bobby Zorks about it tonight, and and we'll decide, you know, tonight who should be uh, our skipper for the week and lead us into the game. I think you were referring to you wondering how the captain, what the prognosis was with the captain. Yeah, the hamstring. How many weeks out oh. for him and for Rich? <laughs> we'll, we'll take a punt at the captain. I reckon he'll give it to uh, Lockie Neal or Hugh McCluggies, but nevertheless, more interesting is the great Zorko. When's the magician back? The magician will be back uh, next week against the Giants, as will Richie. Okay. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. I thought you were asking the question who'd be captain. Well, we got more information than we yeah. were uh, hoping for, anyway. That, so that's that was, all good. That's a very good answer. Just, just, just finally, then, Danny, how, do you think the experiences of the last couple of years will, will allow you to deal with this? Okay, as a, as a club. I think so, mate. Um, you know, we've. We've tried to make uh, I think this week it's just been you know up and about and um, get on with business. You know we we got great faith in our in our list and um, where it's at, and we've got some good players who are coming in as you mentioned earlier. So it's one of those things that uh, you know we just get on with it. That's what we've done the last two years. Um, just another example of some adversity we've got to get through, and uh, you know we're pretty confident that we'll uh, put a, do a good account of ourselves on Sunday. And um, yeah, so we're we're all, we're all okay. It is what it is. We just move on. Danny, one from left field. Uh, McStay's been up and down in recent times, pretty strong early in the piece. Do you think the speculation about his contract is weighing on him? Uh, it may be. Um, you know, Daniel's that sort of that sort of character. He's a you know worries quite a bit about himself and his own form and and what's going on. So I've got no doubt that he is, but uh, but also he's also um, of the mind that you know he knows where he sits with with ourselves in terms of contracts yeah. and. Whoever else might have offered him one, so uh, potentially it could be playing on his mind. But you know, apart from the last two weeks, previous to that, we've been pretty satisfied with his role he's been playing. Yep. Um, he'll obviously miss this week, um, which will give him a chance to, to hopefully get himself mentally right again and attack the season um, for the rest of the year. Thanks for joining us, Danny. Fingers crossed for you, mate. Over the next forty-eight hours. Thanks very much, boys. Thanks for having me, and uh, hopefully it's not too bad down in Melbourne like it is up here. I'm not too sure what's going no, on in Melbourne. Par- right? But par- par- we don't have COVID here, Danny. Nothing all... survives the weather we've got down yeah, here. Exactly. Even COVID. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you look after yourselves, Ben. We Thanks, will. Danny. Danny Daly joining us, Brisbane Lions head of footy. It's a fascinating question about McStay, Jared. Actually, isn't it? I mean, yeah. It's look the whole thing. He, he just seems to have been really comfortable up there in Brisbane. He's He's played pretty good footy, you know, not as good this year as I think last year, but 
mainly in the last couple of weeks where he's just tailed off a little bit. But Well, there is one way of stopping it from weighing on your mind. You sign. You sign it. So, yeah, so it, it sounds like he's resigned more like, more to, likely resign. to be heading down this way, doesn't it? It does, given what Danny said. And Danny, um, you know, gave us a, a straight, honest answer. It might be weighing on his mind. So if you're Daniel McStay and it is weighing on your mind, then maybe you're thinking, well, if you're staying, well, I'll just sign it now because yeah. then, it, then it doesn't weigh on my mind exactly. anymore. But if you're not staying, then yeah, you let it. You let the the weigh on your mind thing continue on. If you're Collingwood watching this, say if it is Collingwood and he is going to go there, mm. would you be worried about his fall? Well. Oh, well, it depends. We don't know how much he's being paid, but, yeah. you know, the, the the public view is five by six, which is big money. Um, is he a good fit for them in your mind? Is he well, I think, they, I think they could clearly do with another backup as a forward, but when you're recruiting somebody like that, you're not looking for backup. You're looking for someone to be a star. Yeah. So, I, you know, I... I think he's a, a work. I think he's a workhorse. But I they think, must know what they're getting. Though. Yeah, I think yeah. He'll, he'll want to be. I mean, Craig will be looking for someone to play their system, a target, bring the ball to ground, and if he can kick some goals, that's fine. I, I've got great admiration for McStay. I think he's a he's a really good player, but he's certainly not the match winner that you get when you go chasing key forward. What well, if Grundy I'll, comes back and plays well forward? What if Grundy came back and played well forward? Could yeah. that happen or not? Or is that just? I think he'll be back as a ruck if he comes back. I, I think Tom Fulton's – I, I think he's just about ready to – so I don't think it's a disaster for, for Brisbane. I'll be okay. interested to see how he goes on Sunday. Tomorrow's car is available today. This is a shout-out for Hyundai. A selected range of Hyundai Tucson's, including the powerful, fuel-efficient diesel, all-wheel drive models, and now in stock, ready to drive away. Tech driver Tucson to see why tomorrow wants its car back. AFL Nation, a pre-game show for Beaumont Tiles. Huge sale is on right now. SCG is the venue for Friday night football. It's the Swans and the Doggies. We go into the Doggies camp next. Listening to the 2022 Premiership season on AFL Nation for Beaumont Tiles. Hybrid flooring in store now. Welcome back. This is Friday Night Footy on AFL Nation. We're in the Coats Hire commentary box. Coats, we're more than hire. We're equipped for anything. Dwayne Russell, Jared Healy, and Anthony Hudson about to be joined by the Western Bulldogs head of football, Chris Grant, ahead of uh, tonight's big game against the Sydney Swans. We'll speak to Grandy in uh, just a moment. what, what, what are your expectations um, for the Western Bulldogs, Dwayne, then, from here on, just just for the rest of the season? It, I think there's enough of the does season. Does it depend on tonight? I think there's I, enough of the season left to get something going. Uh, if this was if it was round 23 now, I'd be a little worried, but I think there's enough of the season to get something going. The draw is going to be a factor, though, for all teams. I mean, some teams have got an easier draw than others, but uh, if they could get a win tonight, then all of a sudden, as I mentioned earlier, the whole world changes. Well, well, the Grant. dogs have got uh, St Kilda, then they've got the Demons, then they've got the Cats, then they've got the Dockers, then they've got the Giants. So mm. they couldn't ask for a more difficult draw. Yeah, well, that's that's exactly right from here on. It starts tonight against the Swans, and Chris Grant has been good enough to join us. I'm sure he's just taking it one opponent at a time. Uh-huh. Uh, Granny, thanks for being with us. Thanks, Otto. Thanks for having me on. How's the week been since uh, last Thursday night, the week and a bit? 
Oh, yeah, it's been, uh, been a bit uh, well, disappointing um, uh, sort of review process out of it all because, um, you yeah, know, the, the result on Thursday night uh, didn't go our way, but probably um, equally just um, after that sort of midway through the, the second quarter, um, you yeah, know, the game really started to get away from us and um, Brisbane really controlled the game from there on. So, um, yeah, there was a fair uh, fair um, sort of review going on throughout the early part of the week, but as, as Devo is incredibly good at doing it, Sort of turning the negative into a positive, um, which he's been able to uh, uh, do over the course of this week. And um, I just heard you uh, sort of in the prelude, sort of coming through um, that you know our run home um, has us pitted against some some pretty handy teams that are currently sitting in the eight um, in some high positions in, in the D's, um, Geelong, Frio, and the Saints are in there. And, um, we've got GWS and and uh, and Hawthorne to finish. So. Uh, it's not an easy run home, but um, destiny is in our ha- own hands. Um, and, you know, Quiddy makes ourselves tonight uh, really well against uh, the Swans here at the SCG. It's going to be hopefully the start of that. So when you had a little bit of time to look back on last Thursday night, you mentioned that you know, if you'd have been able to take a few more of your opportunities in the first quarter, it, it could have been a different result. Could, did you, were, you, were you and the coach able to put a finger on, on what happened and why it did turn around the, not the way you would have liked? I think probably uh, two things, Hutto, that, that stood out the most. And, um, you yeah, the first one you just touched on, man, it, you just don't know what the um, uh, the rest of the game may, may have looked like if we were able to um, hit the scoreboard in a positive sense with uh, goals instead of behind in the early part of the game. Um, you know, scoreboard pressure is an amazing thing, um, both in a positive and a negative way. Um, and emotionally, it can affect the opposition, particularly on their home deck if a, if a team's got off to a really good start. And it's... Um, we felt like we um, were really um, controlling that end of, uh, of the game, um, you know, early on. And, and probably in that sort of first 12 minutes of the second quarter, um, we were four goals up, essentially, um, and felt like we had a lot of momentum. Um, we missed one and then uh, they get a real run on. So um, we, we know that um, in that period of time, um, you know, the Lions uh, also went able to take their chances and missed a few. They hit, hit the post a couple of times. So... Uh, but it is amazing what scoreboard pressure can do, um, and you know, sliding door moment, you you may be on the path to a uh, to a victory instead of um, allowing the, the team back in or the opposition team back in, uh, which is what played out. And um, the second part of it was just the uh, just the transition of the football. Um, you know, once the Lions got their ball in their hands, whether it was inside our forward fifty or across that half forward line, um, they were able to sort of pick us apart and um, and transition the ball, um, you know, reasonably well to that middle part of the ground and give their forwards a real look. Um, and the sort of a third part of it is just um, probably a, uh, the reality of personnel and the availability of um, of players. We um, sort of had to tap in, unfortunately, really deep to our list again for a whole range of reasons. This year, concussion and um, you know, illness and uh, a couple of COVIDs along the way, like all teams have had, but it has knocked us around a bit. Um, and that, unfortunately, really exposed us a little bit last week. Um, you know, Charlie uh, Cameron has a great game. Um, uh, we probably would have had to have um, you know, would like to have had sort of preferred um, players playing on players like that, which we didn't have available for us. And as much as Anthony Scott tried his heart out, um, and actually was pretty good after sort of halfway through that third quarter, um, they really got on top of us. So they're probably the three things. Chris, we were talking about uh, the Bulldogs in general terms uh, prior to you coming on and where you're at considering um, where you got to last year and uh, your system has been uh, criticised in some quarters during the week. Where, where do you see yourselves at? 
Uh, it's interesting, Jared. I think, um, you know, sort of glass half full approach. Um, you know, we really feel that when we play uh, or are able to play at our best, um, you know, like all the teams, as I said before, when you have access to majority of good players, um, mm. you'd like to think that's when you can play your best football. And when we played our best football, we played um, sort of really um, top uh, line footy. So we know that it's there. Um, you know, even during sort of last year, um, there was probably an inconsistent element to that. Um, we sort of put that down to, um, you know, new players coming in and uh, the key position post still sort of finding their way. Um, over the course of this year, that inconsistency has uh, sort of come through um, into this season as well. And, um, you know, the, the, the other side of it, which is just the reality and why you have to be uh, very open and, and honest with yourself um, as a team of uh, sort of where you're not playing well, even though you, you think you've got a, a really um, uh, a top-line uh, style of football when you uh, can get it going. Um, it's when things aren't going your way or the team um, get a bit of a run on the other way. That's probably been, uh, where we've been most disappointing this year. Um, so if we can uh, just a tidy up that, it's not so much the defensive end, because uh, most teams will say um, you know, it's, it's stopping the ball getting that far down the ground before you expose your back line. Um, mm. And teams have been able to transition a little bit too easy through that middle part of the ground. So uh, that's a challenge for us. Uh, that's an area that we've focused on. Um, and hopefully we can get that right. Um, you know, the, the best uh, is, is still in front of us. Uh, but we've got a challenge in front of us, don't we? We, we haven't been able to see that enough yet. You're not too different to the Swans. I mean, their best has been really good, as is yours, and yet their average has been average, and that's why you're sitting uh, on the ladder. Yeah, I think uh, I think John and the, the Swans yeah would say that. Um, now I'm I'm really encouraged with uh, with where the team um, uh, can go to, um, whether it's the rest of this year or um, in the in the short term. Um, I think we've got areas of our game in areas of the field that are um, really well um, structured up uh, personnel-wise, you know, players in their prime of their careers and, um, you know, through the midfield, that's that's clearly the case. Um, you know, having Tim back tonight will be really helpful. Mm. Um, I think we're really starting to see uh, the best of him. I, I know, um, you know, one of the most improved players in the comp, um, in your mind, Jared. Um, yeah, that's absolutely. Nick Richards for us. So, you know, but those um, sort of ripple effect or knock-on effect in a negative uh, when they go out um, uh, could be really um, sort of, um, uh, you know, labour uh, intensive for the team. And it's probably caught us out a little bit. Um, but those two boys are back tonight and that'll, that'll be helpful. Yeah, that was a really interesting to see him return. I must admit, I changed my tip on the back of English. It's, he's such an influential player. And, uh, and the Swans have brought in Laddams. Ingl- um, Hickey went out with an injury but didn't play that well last week. So I'll be interested to see how he goes. I mean, he's been back and he's had a bit of a rough drop for a couple of months with injuries. But, geez, stuff at the start of the year and one of the games when he got back, it's, you know, it's all Australian level. Yeah, it is. Um, and that's why, you know, you know, for him uh, personally, um, it's been really disappointing. He hasn't been able to get that continuity. And, um, you know, the reasons he's missed, he's had a, that really sort of really minor hamstring. Um, but, uh, you know, he had the, uh, the, the head knock and um, yeah. the flu um, and sort of concussion um, all involved uh, in amongst that period. So he ended up missing a, a really big chunk. Um, uh, and this time, obviously, with this concussion, he's missed, um, missed a couple of weeks as well. So, um, but you're right. I mean, uh, we really feel that, um, he's, you know, as in Ruckman terms and age-wise, he's really only just starting to scratch the surface. And what we have mm. been able to see, uh, when he's had some continuity in football, is really starting to see what we think he can uh, become. Um, so let's hope we uh, we can see that a little bit uh, tonight, Jared. So what process did you go through with the decision on English 
last week. Chris, did, did he say, I'm not quite right, so I don't want to play? Did you guys say, we know you're right, but we'd rather you had an extra week off? How did that work? Uh, no, not so much, Dwayne. I mean, we're very um, guided by what the protocols are. So um, in, in this uh, instance, um, you know, until uh, Tim's concussion symptoms really subsided down to uh, to the level that they're uh, needing to get down to before he can actually start um, uh, what's called the return-to-play period um, and process, So, which is essentially a 12-day period. Um, if you remember when he got that concussion, he really had to be symptom-free um, and be uh, feeling teary right by uh, within that sort of 48, 72-hour period because by the Monday, it is not um, that, that period virtually commences from there. So, yeah. um, you know, hence that's why it sort of knocked him out from being old. Even if he was absolutely cheered right for the next 11 days, um, he can't play uh, within that 12-day period. So um, the decision was made for us, but we're really bullish that, you know, he trained very well last week, um, has been able to do this week, obviously. Um, lots of protocols finished, and now we're always confident it's going to be okay after tonight. Are we going to see Sam Darcy this year? It was an emergency last week, and I know there was reasons for that, but is he, is he, is he in consideration? Well, yeah, he is. Um, um, I don't know, just on the basis of, as you, uh, as you know, he, he's, he's been um, uh, emergency, so you're not going to place uh, plays in those positions if um, if you're not going to uh, be comfortable selecting or calling on them if something happens overnight or in the 48 hours leading into a game. So that, that gives an indication of... Uh, where we see him, um, he's uh, really progressing well. Um, you know, we must remember um, he's sort of essentially the first six months in the place um, he was off leg. So you can imagine how far back he's coming from um, as a uh, as a youth player, or a um, talent pathway player, as an 18 year old um, with no preseason at all before he sort of gets into um, any sort of formal training. Um, and he really was only um, about a six-week to a seven-week really strong training period before he played his first uh, game with Footscray in the VFL. Um, so on the back of that and what we've seen so far, um, you know, it's really quite exciting to, to think what he might be able to produce um, uh, over uh, a period of time. Um, first and foremost, um, sort of back to your question, there's probably no reason why, uh, with the way that he's playing, um, that we may not see him... Um, uh, you know, stay at, uh, at, at state level for, for too much longer if he continues the way he's going. Can I ask you, Chris, um, despite the fact that we all take it uh, one week at a time, to cast your mind forward to, to next season and just uh, run through a hypothetical for us, <laughs> let's just say you've got Josh, Josh Bruce back and he's fit and healthy and playing well. You've got three talls, young talls, all pushing up. And you've got Rory Lobb in the goal square. Would you push Aaron Norton to centre half back, or at least think about it? <laughs> well, it gives you a chance of thinking about it at least, Jared. Okay. Um, yeah, it, it, it does. I mean, um, I think you know what he's been able to do as a, a forward and, and still the growth in his game. He could be uh, an amazing forward. So we, we wouldn't want to uh, sort of. Uh, take that opportunity away from either the team or from him. Uh, but uh, when you've got um, uh, players who um, are able to sort of hold down certain positions, um, it does give you that flexibility. Um, but we, we're not there yet, are we? Um, you know, the hypothetical is just that um, as much as, uh, you know, someone like Aurora Lobb, um, you know, uh, would be uh, really helpful for us. Um, yeah, that's not the case just yet. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what uh, eventuates. Um, but, you know, even just um, getting back to Josh Bruce, um, it's been a bit of a shame that he had that sort of hamstring tightness yeah. um, after his first game at, at, at state level. Um, 
because uh, he would have been obviously really handy. Um, and hopefully we can sort of see him at the back end of the year. And that's why I sort of feel if we can just um, sort of get through uh, this next fortnight um, and get a few of those players um, coming back to the team, um, you know, the best is really in front of us. So um, I don't think at any point in time we've had a four-quarter performance really um, over the course of, uh, yep. of this season. So um, if we get anywhere near that, um, yeah, we'll give it a shake, I think. So do you think there is a chance that with what you've got, you could play Norton back at some stage this year, or do you not have that weaponry up forward to be able to even contemplate it? Uh, I don't think we'd be contemplating it at the moment, Dwayne. No, no, I don't think that's on the agenda. Uh, I don't think that's on Bevo's mind. Uh, I don't think that's what the, the team really needs just at the moment. Um, you know, our ability to be able to score at the other end is just as important as defending. Um, and that's, you know, from a positive sense, um, Aaron, Aaron's at the moment is a, very much a forward for us. And just to go back on the other part of the hypothetical, which you did touch on, Grant, so you are in for Rory Lobb? Uh, we've sort of reached out, but, you know, we haven't sort of got um, sort of any anywhere sort of um, having a, a really good uh, sort of dialogue. Um, I, I think, you know, if, if uh, Rory's... Um, gets to a point in time where he expresses a desire to come um, either Victoria way or sort of near us, um, uh, then we'd be very open to that discussion. But, yeah, Rory, uh, and quite fair enough, really. Um, he's got a, a season he's playing with, uh, with the Dockers who are going quite well. Um, he probably doesn't want to even think about that just now. Um, but if that becomes available, um, he's the type of player that um, ourselves and a few clubs are keen to talk to, I'm sure. Chris, appreciate your time. Big night ahead. Good luck. Thanks for joining us. Okay, thanks, guys. Chris Grant, Bulldogs, head of footy. Plenty to... Uh... Who also went from centre-half forward to centre-half yes. back and back to centre-half forward. Yes. And uh, just on Charlie Cameron last week, and uh, like Scott had a little bit of a hard role, but I reckon Charlie Sutton would have struggled against Chris Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Craig, yeah, what's his name? Charlie Cameron last week. He yeah. might have gone around against Craig Cameron. But... Yeah, he might have got Craig, Craig Cameron's measure. <laughs> All right, we need to take a break. He said a bit more about Rory Lobb than I thought. He would he, say that. He most definitely did. Really interesting that's indeed. It, but that's, isn't that what you do? You, 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 yeah. you put the, not everyone is as honest and as open no. and as delightful as Chris Grant. Yeah. AFL Nation will be taking your feedback all weekend on the Southern Phone open line. Stay in touch with Southern Phone and the mobile plans available. We'll take a break. We'll head to the Swans camp next. You're listening to the 2022 Premiership season on AFL Nation for Beaumont Tiles. Hybrid flooring in store now. Let's go straight to the Swans camp with a quick chat with Jared McVeigh, their assistant coach or one of the key assistants to John Longmire. Thanks for your time, Jared. Good evening, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, what's the response been to last week and, and that loss to the Bombers? Uh, well, we'll find out very soon. But no, <laughs> look. Um, you know, I heard Dane Rampey talk about the leaders and they wanted to really, um, you know, assert their authority and, and, you know, put it on themselves. So that was, um, you know, pleasing to see from Ramps and I'm sure they'll, uh, they'll hit back. They had a strong week on the track and the leaders drove the hell out of it. So, uh, we look forward to, uh, to what's going to happen very soon. Jared, it's been a really interesting year. I mean, ultimately your best has been really good and your worst has been pretty average and, Right now, you're, you're average. You're eight on the ladder, and if you don't win tonight, you go out of the eight. So what's been the problem with the consistency? Um, yeah, look, we've been trying to find that out. You know, it was, uh, towards the start of the end of the year, it was, you know, our first quarters were really poor, then we'd have to really fight to get back in the game. Yep. Um, you know, then there was a lot of turnover stuff coming out of our D50. So we're trying to 
know, you're trying to address a few things, um, but probably, you know, once you start you're trying to think too many things, uh, we've just gone back to what it's all about. And that's, you know, contested footy, transition running, um, and trying to be better than the opposition in that regard. So that's what we've just tried to nail down, the, you know, the basics of the game, really. I was talking about this today with another guy who's uh, got a bit of history in footy and I'm asking the question, I'm asking it of you, if, you're, if you base your game around ball transition and to a degree everybody does, but the Swans certainly have been uh, at their best a, a top line transition team do, do you lose that sort of innate practice of going for the contested ball and going for the pressure and uh, all the negative elements of the game? Oh, look, we certainly don't regard our game and want to be known as a team like that. Look, we know what stands up in finals footy, first and foremost, yep. and it's not about your ball movement. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's obviously one area, um, you know, that helps, but we know that doesn't win finals footy. So, um, you know, we're focused on our defence and our contested ball and our work rate off the ball to help uh, your teammate out. And, you, you, know, you know, that's what we've basically just focused on, um, you know, the last month and a half and, um, you know, you can lose your way a little bit with a few things, but that's one thing you can't. Port Adelaide got away to a good start, and then they just parked the bus to a large degree, and uh, the Swans' mids just kept on kicking it back to them in the in the defensive half, and, and we saw the same against St Kilda, even more so against St Kilda, despite the fact it was a, a good win. The, the, the forwards and the mids don't appear to be gelling as well as I'm sure John Longmire would like. Yeah, look, it's, you know, you've got to get that synergy and that, um, you know, that composure under pressure, I guess, you know, when the opposition, you know, work back hard, which most teams do to help out in the defence, you know, can you lower your eyes? You know, what's the pressure of the game dictating? You know, do you have to go long? If you've got to go long, well, you need your big boys to, uh, to bring it to ground and then to let the smalls go at it. But, you know, can you, um, you know, there's different ways to skin the cat and, you know, um, under pressure, we probably haven't been good enough in that regard. So, you know, you've got to understand what the oppo uh, is giving you and then how to, to counteract that. How are you going to beat the dogs then? Well, just basically what we spoke about, um, you know, they're the number one clearance team, um, contested footy, their mids are outstanding, they're hard, they're tough, uh, they run extremely hard. So around the stoppages is going to be key. And then, as I said, who, who can be tougher for longer and, you know, mids, um, I'm, I'm just looking at Millsy and Parker now. We need those guys to step up tonight and, 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 and you know, lead the way. Um, you know, getting from contest to contest, we know their handballing, you know, is elite. Um, so you've got to kind of, uh, you know, take away their options, I guess, and then really hunt them with our pressure. So that'll be the, a, a, a key tonight. We are short of time, but one last question, a hypothetical, Jared. If your brother gets the job full-time with the Giants and he rings you and says, come and join me, would you contemplate coaching with your brother? I'm signed with the Swans for a while, so I'm pretty happy here. But, uh, look, hopefully he gets the job and, um, you know, they're going right at the moment with him. So um, we'll just have to wait and see, see if he gets the job, but he's obviously uh, got a tough ask there. Just stick with a succession plan. McVeigh versus McVeigh. Uh, <laughs> I like it. Thanks for joining us. Good luck tonight. Yeah, thank you, guys. Oh. Jared McVeigh. Shout out for Hyundai. Tomorrow's car is available today. A selected range of Hyundai Tucson's, including the powerful, fuel-efficient diesel all-wheel drive models, are now in stock, ready to drive away. So tech driver Tucson to see why tomorrow wants its car back. And don't forget, too, to get your footy record this weekend. A feature on 250-gamer Isaac Smith. And they catch up with Tony Shaw about a play that's been written about him. There's one about Dwayne coming, too, soon, I'm sure.
You're listening to the 2022 Premiership season on AFL Nation for Beaumont Tiles. Hybrid flooring in-store now. Thanks for joining us on a Friday night for Sports Power, your local footy expert. The headline act on Friday Night Footy Round 17. The Sydney Swans, Buddy Franklin in game 150 for the Swans and game 332 overall and 50 games for Paddy McCartan, which is quite an achievement given what he's been through for the Sydney Swans, Jared Healy. And Dwayne Russell with me, Nick Davis, to join us. It's all thanks to Sports Power at the moment. And uh, don't forget, we're in the co Coats Hire commentary box tonight and uh, looking forward to bringing you all the action. Coats, we're more than higher. We're equipped for anything. Shortly, we'll talk about uh, the Ds and the effect of last night, but just the coaching. Oh, have you got something to, you wanted to say first, Jared? Or you just had that sort of look on your face. Well, I thought you were going to get to Dusty. Right, well, and, and the association with the Swans, it just won't go away. Okay, let's, let's get to Dusty and his association with the Swans. It just won't go away, Jared. It won't, and I'm not sure why. Because it's hard to see how it's going to actually play out. Now, the Swans have got form in this area, but people I speak to who know people up there, they 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 find it difficult to see how it could play out. But that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. But, I mean, you talk to Scoot McClure, and he's he's almost, you know, it's almost taking to the bank stuff that he's leaving. So Caroline Wilson's jumped yeah. on board. So there is that much smoke coming from what some believe is a fire, some believe is yeah. just sort of smouldering smoke coming from nowhere. Um, do the Giants then say, well, hang on, we better have a chat? And do the Brisbane Lions say, well, hang on, we've got Joe Danaher up here and it's worked for yeah. Joe? And do the Gold Coast say, well, hang on, well, we better have a chat to the management about Dusty too because it worked for us to get Ablett up here. I think the issue is, Dwayne, there's a view out there in the, in the wider world that Dusty loves Sydney. And Dusty thinks he's going to go up there and no one will know him. Well, he's, mm. going to, uh, he's going to find out what Buddy Franklin found out. You don't go to Sydney for anonymity. That just doesn't work. Because uh, Dusty is Dusty. He's, you know, he's all over the, uh, over the TV screens. And the reason why people pay him so much money to advertise jocks, etc., is because <laughs> people around the country know who yeah. he is, not just people on, in uh, Bridge Road. Yeah, I mean, he's going to have to change his hairstyle a little bit and try and fit in. If Otherwise, he's just going to be so recognised. There'll be pockets of Sydney where he could go. There'll be pockets yeah. of Brisbane. It'd be less, it'd be less noticed than he would be in Melbourne. But they, they've they got a bigger sort of paparazzi sort of... That's what Buddy found, yeah, wasn't it? they did. I mean, and he had the model girlfriend and now his wife, so that was probably another element to it as well. But just find that. How would it Well, work? that's the issue. Yeah. It doesn't work for the Giants. I mean, they're, they're basically going to lose one of their A-grade mids because of a salary cap squeeze. So, What, what if Dusty's prepared to take a, a bit of a hit, a bit of a pay cut? Well, how much is a bit? Oh, I don't know. Well, and why would he do that? Well, if he wants, if he actually wants to leave, he wants to go and live in Sydney. Is some, the marketing allowance still on the horizon for someone like a Dusty going to the Giants or the Suns? It'd need to be a big allowance, Dwight. I mean, yeah. this is the issue. They got they got the buddy up there about to be re-signed. Now I'm not sure mm. what he gets. Somewhere between five and eight hundred, I think. He's he, he he's, would, he he's certainly not the stellar million dollar player that he, he, he couldn't once still was. command eight hundred, could he, buddy? Well, it depends on what store you put in the buddy factor. Yeah. I mean, playing-wise, he's probably somewhere between five and six. As I said, the yeah, champion have got him the 13th highest rated key forward. So he's not he's not marquee at the present time. He's, he's certainly not at the top end, but he's still got match-winning capabilities. Now, I'm not sure what buddy would command and how much he'd need to get him across the line. 
But you also get endorsements by playing for Sydney, don't you? Like, if you play for the Swans, then a company like Bonds or whatever company yeah. it is thinks, OK, well, you're playing for one of the big super clubs, and it's in Sydney. It's a national So brand. we put you on a billboard in Sydney. Yeah. Um, you don't have to do any media interviews at all. Lance doesn't do any. Dusty wouldn't have to do any. But he'd pick up a pretty big number when it comes to endorsements outside of footy, maybe, more than he picks up at, at Richmond here in Melbourne. Well, that'll be interesting, Dwayne, and that'll be the, the manager trying to work out those sums. But the, the core is they've got half a dozen young kids, some of which are going to turn into A graders, and that's, you know, that's the great unknown. We know mm. Warner's going well, Hickey's going really well, they're going to the stars. The others, that's a debate. We don't know where they're at. But we, we, they've still got salary cap issues and trying to squeeze another guy in, even if you got him down to 800000 that's a big ticket item. Also, are we sure what Dusty the footballer is now, what the commodity is? The first half last week was the best, best footy we've seen from him for you know, a couple of years, really, a year and a half. And obviously there's been injuries and all that. But you'd want to know if you were the Swans that he's where his head was at, where he's, yeah. you know, how much footy means to him, and, the, and therefore what condition he's going to present himself in. Is he going to be, you know, put that hard preparation work in that he, that he has over the last, you know, since 2015 or 16 or whatever it was where he really became a superstar? Well, I'm trying to work out if the Swans aren't a factor, if it's not the Swans because of salary cap and this, that and the other, whether there might be some other club that becomes the the last well, bidder. It's hard to see the Giants back. I mean, they're, they're going to lose players yeah. anyway, aren't they? So I mean, Taranto's evidently not being able to be fitted into the salary cap, being offered unders. Yeah. So what, what would be the trade mechanism for him to... I think it would just have to be a trade. It would have to be they'll go Papley in a first rounder and the Swans will say, no, we're not paying that. And so the, the mechanism, it's okay to say there's interest, but I just don't see how it gets done. So I think it's probably going to end up as uh, being a, a furphy, but you never know. The one thing we do know in this business, anything can happen, and uh, we stay awake. And they're more in the entertainment business side of things. Sydney need people to go to games and sit on the seats, don't they? So Well, that's their money model, yeah. Yeah. Whereas it's so that's less where of the a top thought office, process. But that's where the top office might get involved. I know they're all like the top office yeah. the Swans are all footy people, but like they might get involved straight and say, well, you know what, the, if we can make this work. Well, there's a lot of other clubs that wouldn't even contemplate what it means to your membership or what it means to how many people are going to come and see our games. Otherwise, you know, the dogs are trying or, you know, Adelaide Crows are trying to get him, but they, they're already 50,000 yeah. fans, yeah. Adelaide. They don't need any more people to go to games. So that doesn't become a factor for them. But he's not going to stay in Melbourne, leave Richmond, stay in Melbourne, is he? Unless there's you wouldn't think so. And he's not going to go to. I mean, the 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 fire pit of people following football is bigger in Perth and South Australia than it is in Melbourne too. So rule those out. But I'm just trying to work out whether. Um, you know, they can settle on the Joe Danaher idea to a Brisbane Lions. Yeah, I think Sydney's the target market for uh, for Buddy. I mean, he's got to go somewhere he wants. And, you know, according to those who keep p- pushing this as a uh, as a more likely by-the-minute story, um, it's Sydney that uh, he's really keen on. Tassie might be in for him. He's, he's climbed the mountain Tassie. three times, better than anybody else, with three of yep. those really honoured medals. And I was thinking, oh, maybe, you know, you can lose your hunger. And then I thought, well, there's a guy called Rafa and Federer yeah. and mm. Novak. But they're pretty unique, aren't they? And, and, and this guy's had a relationship uh, with Serena. He's, I think he's been inspired mm. by meeting Serena socially and uh, taken on a lot of her hunger. So I wouldn't have any worries about how hungry he is. He's, he's obviously been But maybe a reinvigoration times. is what that, he needs. That could be right. Maybe he's feeling that. But 
If you had to vote now, Dwayne, where's he going to play next year? Richmond. Yep, mine's for the Tigers. Yeah, I, I'm I'm unsure, but I think for the, you've mounted some pretty good reasons as to why. But if I'm, but if I'm using your money, um, then I'm taking a punt and taking the long odds on Sydney. So that's so. If it's I'm a, not putting my house so it, on it. So if it's a big bet, you're going. No, with, no. If it's a if it's just a speculative. Jared's house. Long odds. Take the long odds. It's worth a it's worth a penny. Sydney. So, okay, while we're on the trade discussions, Chris Grant, if you just joined us from the Bulldogs, indicated that Rory Lobb was certainly on their horizon, which we already knew, but his manager during the week, I think, tried to distance himself from the Bulldogs. He said he'd Mm. been linked to a club, but name I won't mention, but that's all not true. So maybe it hasn't progressed, but the interest is is clearly there. And then there's Tim Taranto. So, I mean, the Lobb one's fascinating because it sounds like Luke Jackson, the longer it goes, is more likely to, to go to the Dockers, but that's interesting in itself, isn't it, to lose which player – we know what Jackson – well, we think we know what Jackson's going to become, but which player is more likely to win them a premiership next year, do you think? Do you think it's Luke Jackson or Rory Lobb in the in the sort of form he's in now? Well, Rory Lobb's in better form than Luke Jackson yeah, just at the present time. Although Luke point. Jackson two weeks ago was – as a ruckman, he was – Near on BOG, so... But they've got a Ruckman, haven't they? So does, does he displace... They've got two Ruckman. They've got Lloyd Meek as yeah, well. Yeah, your man. Well, Lloyd Meek should be playing senior footy somewhere. Yeah. So if he's still at the uh, Dockers, like uh, like Wiedemann at Melbourne, you stay and you don't make it, well, that's your choice. But you, if you're not going to get a game and you've got to move on, Lobb, to me, is, is more a better forward option. Luke Jackson's a better player, full stop. Um, still a kid. I still think he's going to stay at Melbourne. Do you? I do. Right. Is he? If he goes somewhere else, will he be the key forward or will he be the ruckman? Because if he's the key forward, the West Coast could do with him as well, couldn't they? Even though they've got Nat Nui palming it down people's throats still. Well, yeah, he's, a perfect, be... he's a perfect fit for the West Coast. Yeah. It's just why would you go – at the moment, why would you go there? And that's the issue. I mean, the West Coast aren't as bad as people think they are for next year. I mean, Oscar Allen's not playing. He's a gun. Um, they're going to lose a couple of senior players. But uh, you saw with their mids all coming back, they're, they're a pretty fair side. But they're not, they're not in premiership contention at the present time. Uh, you know, I just I can't believe you'd be walking out of Melbourne, given that they are... Well, well if but, he's going to live the rest of his life in Perth, if, if Perth is where he wants to be yep. as a person yep. long term, then maybe he's going to go back there eventually. Maybe he thinks, uh, okay, well, when's the best time to go back financially, opportunity? Um, is it better to go back while I'm a hotter property? And and, and, and he's, won a, he's won a flag and could well win a yeah. second, so he might go there He'd be the biggest thing that Fremantle's ever had. I know Pav's big and Fife's big, but if you want a flag, the first ever flag at Fremantle, it'd be the biggest thing they've ever had, wouldn't he? Well, he'd be big as long as he played well in that flag. Yeah, that's true. So, so if you think he's going to stay, why hasn't he re-signed now? Is I don't he, know. He couldn't be holding out for more money. A lot money. of people are, are questioning it, and those people I trust. So um, I don't know. Uh, I don't, maybe, maybe he is going. But, but my gut feeling is I just can't see. He's so happy. Every time I see him, he looks happy. So is there going to be the bigger merry-go-round than we've ever seen? McStay leaves and goes to Collingwood. Jackson leaves and goes to Fremantle. Lobb leaves and goes to the Dogs. Uh um, um, Dusty leaves and goes to Sydney. I mean, that would be the biggest summer of all time. Would be. Should start trade radio. <laughs> <laughs> Good idea. I might put that to Hutchie. Uh, just bef- so before we break, Tim Taranto, what, what's, where, where, where do you rate him? Like, what's, he, what's his value? And is there a – he's been linked strongly to Richmond. I guess and Essendon. Yeah. I think he's a very good player. He can go forward and kick goals. Um, he's an all-Australian 
candidate at, at his best. So he's an A grader. They're not growing on trees. But you've still got to you still root, you still need three or four or five of them in your side. So you can't go paying overs for them like you can for a key forward. Are you still a guy because you used to get your own ball? Who you need to get your own ball? Well, you need to get you know significant amounts of it. I mean, the game is about give and receive. So you're going to receive, and you've got to go and get. And he does all of that, and he does it well. Mm-hmm. And he can go forward and be a be a goal-kicking forward like he filled in for Toby Green mm. a fair bit at the start of this season. I think he's an outstanding talent, but once again, you need four or five of them. You can't pay them all a million bucks. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back and talk about the coaching landscape. The two re-signed this week, Brett Ratton and Stuart Dew, but uh, still the questions remain over the Giants and maybe the Bombers, certainly the future of Alistair Clarkson, and of course then there's the Kangaroos. We'll take a break. We'll come back on AFL Nation. It's our pre-game show for the Beaumont Tiles. Huge sale. It's on right now. A sports news update for Rolled. Eat good with Rolled. It's fast, fresh Vietnamese. Melbourne hooker Brandon Smith has been referred straight to the NRL judiciary for an outburst directed at referee Adam G in their loss to Cronulla. Smith is staring at a fine and possible suspension. It's not clear what exactly he said, but it's understood the Storm star inferred the ref was a cheat. Matt Ebden and Sam Stozer have lost in straight sets in the mixed doubles final at Wimbledon. Nick Kyrgios will play either Novak Djokovic or Cameron Norrie in the men's final. It's after Rafa Nadal pulled out due to an abdominal tear. Don't make sense to to go even if I, even if I tried uh, a lot of time doing, doing all my career to keep going under very tough circumstances in that one I think um, it's obvious that if I keep going the, the injury gonna going to be worse and worse That's the latest in sport I'm Alana McIntyre Rolled fast, fresh, Vietnamese You're listening to the 2022 Premiership season on AFL Nation for Beaumont Tiles. Hybrid flooring in store now. Welcome back, AFL Nation, on a Friday night as we head into the big game between the Sydney Swans and the Western Bulldogs. Our travel partner on AFL Nation is Samsonite Innovative Travel and Business Solutions. In a moment, we'll uh, we'll talk about the Ds and what last night meant to them, but just the coaching scenario. Brett Ratton has re-signed today a, uh, a two-year extension for Brett Ratton, and, of course, Stuart Jew already did the same with uh, the Gold Coast Suns earlier in the week. And we felt that... Both of those were going to happen for a little while. The Saints waited till they won a, won a match and then re-signed him. And the, the Giants, uh, sorry, the, the Suns had a couple of close losses and thought we we better announce it straight away. Any any? Do you think they're the right calls to have been made there? First of all, Jared, I do. Yep, I think um, there's no question that Stewie Jew has uh, made a major impact on the club this year. Um, I thought. I didn't think that at the start of the year. I didn't like the way they were playing their footy, and uh, they've changed dramatically. They're playing a really sustainable brand of footy right now. It was chip-chip and boring-boring last year, and I didn't think it was giving anybody a chance. I think they recruited well, and they've got some kids like Isaac Rankin, who sadly won't be playing tomorrow, which um, does take away from uh, the entertainment factor, yeah, it doesn't does. it? But they've got some uh, a good stock of young kids coming back. Whether they're good enough to go all the way, I think they're well short at the moment. Um but I think Stewie Jew deserved um, to, you know, be given another chance to finish off the job. How big's recruiting? 
So Stewie Jew, they lose Ben King yep. pre-season. Everyone thought Stewie Jew was going to be gone anyway. They also lose Ben King. So no way known mm. can he actually keep the job. But they recruit Chole and Casbolt. Fantastic. And all of a sudden, he's got forwards. So he's got something to play with. He's yep. got nuts and bolts to put something pretty mechanical together. And it's uh, it, recruiting is, is massive when it comes to having a coach with something to use. And, and they're at a stage where, yeah, they've seen real growth without trying to use corporate uh, gobble. You, you really can see where they've grown. But Lacocious has re-signed. It's pretty clear that Rankin... Mm. Was going to. I reckon his price might have shot up a fair oh, bit. Yeah, absolutely. Well, times. the Bombers had a crack at him. Scoop was saying that during the week. That yep. The Bombers were into him uh, big time with big money, but he's he's elected to stay. And, gee, what an exciting talent he is. Um, we've got a couple of uh, small forwards right now that are exciting. Stengel again last night, yep. Charlie the week before. But uh, Isaac Rankin, if you, if you just wanted to put his highlights package together, it's a ripper. And Brett Ratton has uh, got the nod for another two years at the Saints. This is what he had to say today at the announcement. Oh, it is nice, but, you know, I think the process was there and you sort of just got to wait. And we didn't need to speed up whether we won games or we were losing games. It was sort of just how things were going and we just worked through that. So, But it is nice to get it done and, you know, it's just part of the journey, I think. Um, you know, we, we look at the two years, but there's still a lot of footy to be played this year and, and still some really high expectations for us as a team. So Ratton stays. Are they premiership contenders in that two years coming up? Well, I think they've got the foundations for it. I don't see it this year. but uh, And Howard's a big out for them as a key defender. But, you know, who knows where King can be and who knows where, you know, two or three of their recruits have been. Gresham has got another level in him. Can Jack Higgins come back and play his best footy? I, th- I think they do need another classy mid. They've got plenty of grunters in there and they've got reasonably good depth there. Hanabry... I'm not sure he can impact, but he's there, so he's a wild card. I mean, they've got a really good ruck duo, albeit uh, one of them's 34. So it's it's there, but they're going to have to do a lot right to, I think, push to a premiership. So Clarko is out of the picture at St Kilda. He's out of the picture at the Gold Coast. It leaves, apart from Tasmania in the long term, it leaves three potential options for him. that He can go to Sydney and coach the Giants. That's probably there for him. Essendon... The, the murmurings have gone this week, whether it be a, a a discussion with him about being ahead of footy for a couple of years before he goes to Tassie or whether they just bite the bullet and offer him Ben Rutten's job. And then there's North Melbourne, which would seem unlikely given the task that's that's there but and the fact that you would have to go out, you know, to really offer him a huge amount would have uh, soft cap ramifications. Yeah. So if you had to put him in order, which would you think is more likely? Well, he has made the point. I read that he would only go somewhere where he thinks he can win a flag. Well, you're not winning a flag at North Melbourne over the, in the next five years. No. So that puts Giants and the Bombers in the frame. Um, and either one of those two, I think you could you could make a case for that. There's a there's a flag there. If everything goes right, you can, there's a flag potentially there within five years. I think the Giants are probably ahead of where the Bombers are, but not by that much. I mean, there's no doubt there'd be forces in and around Essendon as to who and how much, I'm not sure. But there'd be forces in and around Essendon saying, you know, we've got to get back to being the ruthless yeah, bombers. And I agree. Make the call and just go and get Clarko and just do it. Well, if I was an, on the Essendon coterie, I'd be thinking along those lines. If I was on the... What if you're on the board? Well, if I was CEO. on the board, I'd want to know why we're not 
chasing him and why we wouldn't consider it. And obviously it would be a big move to move on Ben Rutten because you've, you've sort of thrown your lot in and he's only been given two years. So Could you chase Clarko and then not get him? And then would, could, would that mean you would break some sort of trust with Ben Rutten? I think that would be broken, yeah. It would be hard to do that. What do you think, Dwayne? Yeah, I'm interested with Jared's thoughts there because the way um, they can win some games on the way in. So the Brisbane's vulnerable this week. Yeah, they are. So all those players week. out. So yeah. those players out with COVID. So they you, don't, you don't want to base your decision on a on a fake win. And, and no, you get but four how, points to beat Brisbane. Yeah, and it'll be a good win. But it's not a it's not beating Brisbane. But if you but if you had a win last week, yeah, if, if and, and a win this week, yeah. and then you win two or three more, then Makes it, it doesn't become a flash in the pan, yeah. couple of fake wins. It becomes a, a real foundation, a maybe. Finish. But that's the the hard part. I'm mean, judging what's fool's gold and what's not in the last half of the season when you can't make the eight. Do you think you'll move to interstate, Clarko? Yeah, well, I think that's the big challenge for him. Whether I think he coached two flags at Central, so coaching somewhere else won't worry him too much. He's got his farm down at Cape Shankland. Yeah. His kids are still, some of the I kids are in school. Other than move to Tassie, I mean, if he had the choice. Help Paul get a flag too as an stay. assistant. Our coach commentary <laughs> team tonight. Oh, I thought you meant going to Paul. No, no, as help Paul get one as an assistant. Right. We're going to be joined by Nick Davis shortly at the SCG. Coats, we're more than high. We're equipped for anything still to talk about the D's and the other games, including the Blues and the Dockers. It's a huge one this weekend coming up before the bounce of the ball on a Friday night. You're listening to the 2022 Premiership season on AFL Nation. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.